Welcome everyone to the score fantasy football podcast. I'm your host, Justin Boone, the lead fantasy analyst at the score. Appreciate you tuning in today. Lots happening as always. Frank Reich got fired by the Colts this morning. I mean, no real surprises there. Indy's been floundering for a while, but, but hiring their former center, Jeff Saturday as the interim head coach. Yeah, that was a little bit of a shock, but let's face it. They need to tank. They need to try and get a real quarterback. Their attempts to get one of these cheap veterans who can try to get them over the top, it just hasn't worked. Phillip Rivers, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, none of them made the Colts real contenders. And now this year, they're dealing with all these injuries. Jonathan Taylor, the engine of their offense, he's got a high ankle sprain. That's been sapping his effectiveness. That's kept him out of the lineup. So not even sure if he's going to be back soon. And if he comes back, will he be the Jonathan Taylor that we're used to? Because we've seen other running backs have their seasons essentially ruined by high ankle sprain. So that's a concern for him. Maybe they even shut him down this year. I mean, if they really want to commit to the tank, you would shut Jonathan Taylor down. You play your backups and you go about it that way. When they made the move to Sam Ellinger at quarterback, maybe that was the start of them tanking. It was definitely a desperation play. They knew Matt Ryan wasn't getting it done. And I think that they hoped that Ellinger could give them some sort of life, could just kickstart that offense a little bit. So far, it hasn't been great, and it's making it really tough to trust anybody in that Colts offense, unfortunately. And firing Frank Reich, that's likely not going to help the situation. So I'd be wary of using any Colts in your lineup. Even Michael Pittman, he becomes more of a risky wide receiver three kind of option the rest of the way. And and then we'll see what happens in the backfield. Taylor, Deion Jackson, he got hurt too this week. So just an awful situation all around and one that I think you mostly want to stay away from in fantasy if you can. And I didn't plan on starting the show off today with a quick state of the franchise on the Colts, but that news came down before we started recording. So, hey, why not get my thoughts out there and As for what else is on tap today, we'll be going over the big injuries that happened on Sunday, and then we'll be talking about the top waiver wire ads heading into week 10, the usual Monday afternoon stuff. You know how it goes. But one quick note that I do want to say before we get into it, there won't be a Tuesday show this week. So just a heads up, no Tuesday episode, but I'll be back Wednesday with a guest and the rest of the weekly content all remains the same. All right, let's kick things off here with the injuries from week nine. And the first one up is an injury that I'm hoping is not too serious. Josh Allen, one of the superstars of the fantasy world, the Bills, they got upset by the Jets on Sunday, but far more concerning here is that Allen looked like he hurt his elbow in the second half and he got hit while he was uncorking a throw. He remained in the game. He even made a really long pass after it. So you have to think that's a good sign, but he was holding the arm. He was shaking it out between plays. So I'm sure he's going to get that checked out today. I haven't seen an update yet. Fingers crossed that it's not going to be something that's going to cost him any time, that it'll just be sore, maybe misses a little practice time, but won't miss any games. That's what we're hoping for here. Case Keenum is the Bills backup, if you're wondering, and he's a pretty good backup as far as backups go. But if Allen is out, we really would have to rethink almost everybody in that offense for fantasy outside of maybe Stefan Diggs and even Diggs. He would see his value drop a little bit, but I still feel like he'd continue to produce through it all. But right now, hasn't been much concern shown from the team and really from anybody around the team. And we'll hope that Allen maybe misses just a little bit of practice time this week, like I said, but that he'll be back out there in week 10 against the 7-1 and Vikings. That should be a great matchup, a heck of a game, and could be a really good one for fantasy too if Allen's 100%, and if Kirk Cousins is 100% for that matter, because Cousins took a big shot this week. He had to come out of the game briefly on Sunday. Seemed like it was his ribs that got hurt. I'm not totally sure. He came back in the game though, and he was dancing shirtless with a bunch of chains on in the plane ride back. So he must not have been feeling too bad after that win. 
let's hope here that we get Allen, that we get Cousins. We want them full strength for that Week 10 matchup. And the Vikings, they're running away with the NFC North crown. The Bills are actually in a lot closer matchup now, especially after they lost to the Jets this week. But they're in a tough matchup. You got the Dolphins coming on. Basically, every single team in the AFC East has a winning record. Where you look at the NFC North, the Vikings have a four-game lead in that division, in part because the Packers are just a disaster this year. Five straight losses. They've lost to the Giants, the Jets, the Commanders, the Bills. At least the Bills one's understandable. This week, they lose to the Lions. It is insane. There's so much talent on this Packers team, and yet they just can't get anything going. And there's a ton of things going wrong. Starts with Aaron Rodgers playing some of the worst football of his career. He had three interceptions on Sunday and three interceptions while in scoring position too. You just never see that from Rodgers. And yes, the injuries, they haven't helped. And now they come out of this game. They got even more injuries. They lose one of their best defensive players, pass rusher Rashawn Gary. He's likely out for the year. And then on offense, there's a bunch of injuries too. Aaron Jones, he suffered an ankle injury in the second half. He didn't return to the game. Now, fortunately, Adam Schefter says that the imaging was negative and that Jones should be able to play this week. Jones himself, he also expressed some optimism there, but no guarantees he's going to be available in week 10. We know how these ankle injuries can be, so we're going to have to monitor that one. You have rookie wideout Romeo Dobbs. He hurt his ankle too in this game, and that one seems a lot more severe. He hobbled off after a catch in the first quarter. Then he had to get carted to the locker room. He was in a walking boot. He was on crutches after the game. And then Ian Rappaport today said that Dobbs has a high ankle sprain and likely will miss four to six weeks. And the other rookie receiver, Christian Watson, He's missed a ton of time already this season with injuries. They said that he was supposed to be a big part of the game plan against the Bills last week. Then he suffered a concussion early in that game, so they couldn't actually make that come into fruition. This week, he ends up playing. He might have suffered another concussion. He had to leave to get checked out. He never returned, so he's likely going to be in the protocol again. And if this is his second concussion in two weeks... It could mean that he's going to be out several games because two concussions that close together, that is very concerning. I mean, just think about Tua Tagovailoa earlier in the year, right? And that's not it for the Packers. Tight end Robert Tunyon, he left in the second half. And I didn't see any details on what that injury was, but it seemed like he might be dealing with something lower body-wise. So the nightmare just gets worse for Green Bay. If Aaron Jones is limited or if he's sidelined, then, you know, A.J. Dillon, he would step up into a much bigger role. But with the way that this offense is right now, and the Cowboys' defense is up next, it's hard to get too excited about Dylan as anything more than a low-end, volume-dependent RB2 for fantasy, and that's if Jones is out. Now, you could also look, if you're in a deeper league, you could look at Kylan Hill as a stash, but like I said, the early reports are that Jones will be able to play this week, so Hill, just worth considering in really, really deep leagues as an end-of-the-bench kind of guy. And at receiver, Alan Lazard, he's the only one in this offense that's really playing well, other than Aaron Jones, of course, but Jones being hurt now. And if Dobbs is out, if Watson is going to be out for a bit, then really Lazard's the only one you're trusting here. Sammy Watkins, he doesn't seem to be on the same page with Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers making throws and Watkins is going the wrong way. And then Rodgers is getting angry with him. A rookie, Samari Torre, he's had a couple moments this season, but he is way too risky to use in fantasy. It's just another stay away, especially with Dallas up next. I don't want a part of any of this other than Alan Lazard and Aaron Jones if he is healthy enough to play. And even a former Packer here, Devontae Adams, he couldn't escape the injury bug that his old team had. It got to him somehow in Vegas. Adams, he comes out hot. He has a really huge game here. 10 catches, 146 yards, two touchdowns on 17 targets. All but one of those catches, though, came in the first half, which is wild, right? That is a ton of production for one half, but that might be because he got hurt possibly a rib injury in the second half. 
came out. He was getting looked at by trainers at one point and he was pointing to his abs or his ribs. Now he continued to play through it, but like I said, not a lot of production in the second half. So we'll just be watching to see if there's anything this week. I wouldn't be surprised if he misses some practice time and hopefully it's nothing more than that. Adam Thielen, he spent some time in the blue medical tent on Sunday, and I'm not sure if it was a concussion check or an ankle injury. I saw a couple people speculating that could be one or the other, maybe even both. That's another one that we got to keep an eye out for. I also saw inside injuries said that it would be the same ankle that he had surgery on late last year. So that could be concerning too. Obviously, if he were to be out a KJ Osborne, he would get a big boost for fantasy. Not as big as it would have been in the past though, because TJ Hawkinson is there at tight end now. And as we saw this week, Hawkinson fitting in real nicely, just crushed my projection for him, caught all nine of his targets for 70 yards in his first game as a Viking. So Osborne would be a wide receiver four flex option if Thielen were out and Hawkinson already back up into the mid tight end one range. There was really no drop off. All the reports that came out on Sunday morning that he was caught up on the playbook, that he had spent all week studying and he was going to be used a lot. It was true. I downplayed it a bit. I thought he was going to be more of a low end tight end one, but he is right back up into the top six, top seven tight ends for fantasy. So that's great to see for him. For the Bucks. Mike Evans, he played through a rib injury, very tough guy, he continues to play through a bunch of ailments. He should continue to do so next week, I would imagine, even if that lingers a little bit, he'll probably still be out there. Julio Jones, he didn't play much in the second half, which makes me wonder if that knee injury, did it flare up again on him? Did they have him on a snap count? Either way, Julio not really worth rostering for fantasy. DeAndre Swift, we got to mention him too. It's not a new injury for Swift, don't panic there. It's just the fact that the playing time got significantly reduced here. He went from 55% of the snaps in week eight. That was his first game back from the injury. Had 10 touches in that one. And then this week, just 16% of the snaps, just five touches in this game. And he's still a good player. He turned those five touches into 50 yards from scrimmage, but he's clearly not fully healthy or they don't want to risk him. So his fantasy stock, it's fallen here. It's hard to trust him as anything more than an RB3 right now for fantasy. We got to see those snap counts go up a little bit before we feel a lot better about him being in our lineups. And the Lions, they don't have a lot of reason to max him out. They're not really in the playoff mix. They also, they lost backup Craig Reynolds to a rib injury and you would have thought, well, maybe that means Swift gets a little more. Nope. So Jamal Williams, he remains the most valuable back to roster for fantasy right now on the Lions. And then in deep leagues, you could consider Justin Jackson because Justin Jackson played more than Swift in this game. But that is a very long shot stash. Justin Jackson only for extremely deep leagues there. A couple more injuries I want to go over. Deion Jackson, who I mentioned earlier, he landed awkwardly on his knee. Maybe a hyperextension. I'm not totally sure. We'll leave that up to the injury analyst. But he was running on the sidelines after, so I'm hoping that he avoided anything too serious there. But we'll be monitoring Jonathan Taylor. We'll be monitoring Deion Jackson this week. We'll see if either guy is healthy enough to start. If not, Jordan Wilkins was the next man up this week. But Zach Moss, who they got from the Bills in that Naheem Hines trade, Moss might be up to speed enough to play more in week 10. So not that you're really going to get overly excited about anybody in the Colts backfield. It's just a mess there, but keeping you up to speed on what's happening and maybe you get a flex start out of one of them, depending what happens with all those injuries. And then the last one, Evan Ingram, Jaguars tight end. He's been pretty solid for fantasy over the last month or so. He suffered a back injury. He did return to the game, barely played after that though. So Dan Arnold, He'll be a possible streamer option, albeit a really risky one. I mean, the Jags are facing the Chiefs in Week 10. Jacksonville, they might have to keep pace in that game. That could lead to some more volume for the pass catchers like Arnold if he gets the start. So 
keep him in mind as a guy in deeper leagues that you could throw in there. And then some big names who have been out, who might have a chance to play in week 10. We got to keep an eye on them. Ezekiel Elliott, he is not practicing today, but potentially could come back this week. Debo Samuel, Keenan Allen, Darren Waller, David Njoku, Ryan Tannehill. Maybe he can finally get back out there. There's a bunch. We'll be watching for updates on them. We'll be monitoring that practice participation if they can get out there this week, we'll see what happens when they're on the field. We're also getting to the time where we could see some guys come off IR. So Elijah Mitchell, the 49ers have opened up his practice window. Maybe he returns this week. I don't think they would have traded Jeff Wilson if they didn't expect Mitchell to return after the bye here. And then there's also a couple rookies who could still make an impact down the stretch. Jamison Williams, he's likely still a few weeks away. He's coming back from that torn ACL, but he could be activated at any moment off IR. And then Traylon Burks, he's eligible to return this week, but we haven't really gotten an update on his timeline. He's trying to come back from that toe sprain, so he's somebody to keep an eye on, and you'd really need Ryan Tannehill to be out there because the Titans receivers are doing absolutely nothing with Malik Willis under center. So when Ryan Tannehill's back, maybe Traylon Burks can get going down the stretch. But that is it for the injury section. Let's move on to the top players who you should be targeting this week on the waiver wire. And today's waiver wire segment is brought to you by the all-new Lexus RX. With heart-pounding design, intelligent technology, and the first-ever RX 500H Performance Hybrid, never lose your edge with RX. And we have four teams on by this week, the Ravens, the Bengals, the Patriots, and the Jets. So definitely some fantasy starters sitting out this week. You'll need some replacements for a couple of these guys. So let's start with quarterback here. Jared Goff, he's right at that 50% cutoff mark that I used for the column, so he won't get a write-up, but... He's in play as a streamer this week against the Bears, and the Bears, they look like a tougher matchup on paper, but their best defensive games are behind them. They traded away their studs. They traded away Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith, and in the last two weeks, they've gotten absolutely lit up. Dak Prescott killed them. Tua Tagovailoa did as well, so Goff, definitely an option this week against Chicago. Daniel Jones, 40% rostered. His matchup isn't the greatest. The Texans, they're a bit of an underrated pass defense, but Jones has shown that he can overcome really any matchup because he has that rushing ability. He's fourth in rushing yards per game for quarterback. He's averaging 45.4 yards per game on the ground, and he's also got three rushing scores too. So the Giants, they're coming off a bye. Jones should be a solid streamer in that one. Jimmy Garoppolo, 39% rostered. He gets the Chargers defense, and Jimmy G's really gotten into his groove over the last month. Two passing touchdowns in four straight games. Not a super high ceiling, but a very high floor. He's really an ideal streamer. He's not going to lose you the week. He's got all kinds of weapons at his disposal now. As long as Christian McCaffrey doesn't keep stealing the passing touchdowns from him, Jimmy G is going to be a good option for you there. Marcus Mariota, he's a possibility this week. He's 33% rostered. He gets the Panthers again. He had one of his best games of the year in that shootout with Carolina two weeks ago. So let's hope for a similar game script here. And then deeper than that, you're really just taking chances. There's really no other great options for quarterbacks this week, but I'll list them all in the waiver wire column that goes up on Monday night. And if you really need somebody in a two quarterback or super flex league, you could take a look at that. Over at running back, Jeff Wilson Jr., he would be the top ad this week, but he's 52% rostered, so he doesn't make the cut, but you got to be encouraged by that first game with the Dolphins after he got traded. Wilson, he knew the offense already, he stepped right in. He played 49% of the snaps in that game, had 12 touches for 72 yards and a score. It's not impossible that he becomes the lead back in Miami over the next week or two here. At worst, he's in a timeshare with Raheem Mostert. So both guys for now are going to be low-end RB2, high-end RB3s for fantasy. And then after Wilson, 
There isn't really an obvious injury replacement type guy who's leading the way in the waiver wire this week. So when that's the case, we have to dig a little deeper. I would make sure that Rashad White is rostered in your league. He's available in 66% of leagues somehow at the moment. And Leonard Fournette, he's really not getting it done on the ground. And some of that's on the offensive line. Some of that is just the general Bucks offense as a whole. It's kind of struggling. But Fournette averaging less than three yards per carry over the last month. And yards per carry is a bad stat. But when it's that low, it is not a good sign. Meanwhile, you got Rashad White. The rookie's touches are on the rise. He had a season-high 12 touches this week, so he's somebody who should be rostered as a high-end backup and someone who also has a chance to straight-up overtake Fournette down the stretch here if things continue down this path. Isaiah Pacheco on the Chiefs. You're sick of me talking about him. I get it. He's not producing yet, but the Chiefs' rushing attack They did nothing against Tennessee. Nobody did well against Tennessee. The Titans are strong against the run. And that game script, it was surprising too. That hurt him as well because the game script went against the Chiefs. So they were throwing way more than expected in that one. And Pacheco, he might not be somebody that you want to put in your lineup right now. In fact, I wouldn't recommend putting him in your lineup at the moment because it's still a three-man committee. But little by little, he's taken snaps away from Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And in a more positive game script, I would expect that Pacheco would be the lead back here. And guess what? The Chiefs' schedule, it gets real nice now. They get the Jags and the Chargers, two really easy matchups the next couple weeks for the run game there. And then the fantasy playoffs, I've talked about this before, but the Chiefs get the Texans and the Seahawks in weeks 15 and 16. So I'm picking them up. I'm holding Pacheco where I can just in case he could take over that backfield down the stretch. And then Chuba Hubbard, he's another name that I would keep in mind on the waiver wire this week. He's rostered in 33% of leagues. And when the Panthers were winning, when they're in close games, they got no problem leaning on Deonta Foreman. This week, they got stomped by the Bengals, and Carolina didn't seem to want to use Foreman in the passing role very much. So if Hubbard's healed from the ankle injury, he'll go right back to be in that passing down back. That gives him some RB3 flex value. Outside of that, though, at running back, Keep targeting those high upside backups who are just one injury away. So Alexander Madison's like 45% rostered, Samaje Pirine, Jalen Warren. I'd watch that Colts backfield like we talked about earlier with Jonathan Taylor and Deion Jackson. See if they're able to go this week. If not, Zach Moss, Jordan Wilkins, they'll have some flex appeal. And then I'll mention Isaiah Spiller too on the Chargers. He's somebody that I liked him coming out and he really, really disappointed so far. But with some injuries in that Chargers backfield, he started to move up a little bit. This week, finally got his chance. It really seemed like he overtook Sony Michelle for that number two role behind Austin Eckler. So Spiller, he is a stash option for now. If an Eckler injury were to occur, I still feel like Sony Michelle would be the guy they'd want to lean on there. Maybe they were just trying to get Spiller some work this week and see what they have in the rookie. But there's a chance that Spiller could continue to be the number two in that offense. And what should be a pretty good offense once they get everybody back healthy, the Keenan Allens and the Mike Williams. And once everybody's there, that offense could be really, really good. And if something were to happen to Austin Eckler at that point, then all of a sudden Spiller could have some value late in the season. We'll keep going on to receivers here. A bunch of guys who are at or over the 50% rostered mark, George Pickens, he's somehow only rostered in 56% of leagues. That is mind-blowing. The guy is going to be awesome the rest of the way. He should be picked up everywhere. The Chiefs receivers, Kadarius Tony, Marcus Valdez-Scantling, Miko Hardman, they're all around that 50% rostered mark. MVS and Hardman, they've shown us what they are. They're boomer bust flex options. Tony likely probably won't be more than that either this season, but I still want to keep him for another week or two. Just see how fast he could pick up that offense. If we see a bump in usage next week, great. If not, then you can drop him. 
As for guys under the 50% rostered mark, Wandell Robinson, he's fallen down to 25% rostered, and I get it, isn't a super high ceiling there. He's a volume-dependent slot guy. He's a very usable flex option, though. So if he was dropped during the Giants' bye week, I would think about grabbing him. Terrace Marshall on the Panthers, he's finally getting more opportunity now with Robbie Anderson gone. So Marshall, really making the most of it. We have to take notice. Four for 87 on nine targets against the Falcons in week eight. Three for 53 and a touchdown this past week versus the Bengals. Now he gets the Falcons again. So Marshall in play as a wide receiver for flex there. KJ Osborne, worth that speculative ad just in case Adam Thielen misses time. Hopefully we're going to get an update on that soon. Like I said earlier, could be a concussion, could be an ankle. Either way, I'm a little bit worried. So Osborne should be rostered. And when it comes to other receivers, I could rattle off a long list of flex type guys. Donovan Peoples-Jones on the Browns, his value, I would imagine it will only rise from here on out when Deshaun Watson comes back in week 13, and he's been doing okay even without Watson, so Donovan Peoples-Jones is somebody you could consider. Darius Slayton, he's been surprisingly productive for the Giants. Michael Gallup on the Cowboys. DeAndre Carter on the Chargers until Keenan Allen or Mike Williams get back. Carter has some value as the slot guy there. And then there's also the injured guys who should be back really soon. Some of whom, you know, we mentioned Traylon Burks earlier, but there's also Nico Collins on the Texans, Jahan Dotson on the Commanders. So plenty of bye week or short-term options at receiver. Couple injury guys that you could look at stashing right now. I don't really waste too many roster spots on bench players just because normally when you're talking about flex type plays, you can often go to the waiver wire and find a lot of these guys like I'm mentioning here. So you don't really need to burn a roster spot on them. I'd rather save the bench spots for those high upside running backs, but you do what you got to do. Everybody approaches it differently. I'm just telling you how I go about it. Now for tight ends, Greg Dulcich remains an amazing pickup and I'm shocked that he is somehow still available in 65% of leagues. I get it. The Broncos were on by, maybe some people dropped him, but I don't know why you would have dropped him because since he made his debut in week six, the rookie's averaging over 10 half PPR fantasy points per game. He's the tight end four during that time on a per game basis. It's a great story and his schedule is phenomenal the rest of the way. Almost nothing but favorable matchups for tight ends for him. So Dulcich, he's a low-end tight end one. He is a gift if he is still on the waiver wire for you. After that, you move on to the more risky streamers. So Cade Otten, he's been pretty good on the Bucks. Pretty good for a rookie too when you think about it. But Cam Brady practiced last week, so we might see Break come back and ruin that party soon. Cole Komet, bit of a chase because he's not putting up big yardage. He's just been putting up touchdowns the last couple weeks. But still, with the way Justin Fields is playing, Komet is a possibility as a streamer. Noah Fant, he's coming on for the Seahawks. Dan Arnold, who we talked about earlier, he could step into a starting role for the Jags if Evan Ingram's back ends up being a real problem. So there's a few options out there at tight end. I'll have the rest in the column, but the rest are just dart throws. So don't expect much there. And then we'll finish off with some streamer defenses. The Giants, they come off by, they get the Texans this week. Houston hasn't been obliterated by anybody, but every week, they give up a good amount of fantasy points to opposing defenses. At least seven fantasy points allowed in all but one game this year. Double-digit fantasy points in each of the last three. Giants are favored by a touchdown in that game too. And they're only rostered in 7% of leagues. So that's something to think about. The Titans, they're on a short week. They get the Broncos offense and Denver kind of been like the Texans in terms of the fact that they haven't been destroyed by any fantasy defenses, but they're constantly giving up good totals. And the Titans D, they've been on fire over their last five outings, so I don't mind playing them this week. And I would also play the Broncos on the other side too. Denver's defense, they're back to full health. 
They should be frisky in that game. And the Falcons, they scored double-digit fantasy points against the Panthers two weeks ago, so no reason why they can't do that again this week when they play each other. And if you're looking for more options at any position, you can find my full list, that usual waiver wire column that goes up over on the score Monday night. It'll all be in there. And another reminder that today's waiver wire segment was brought to you by the all-new Lexus RX. With heart-pounding design, intelligent technology, and the first-ever RX 500H Performance Hybrid, never lose your edge with the RX. But that is all for today's show. Make sure you check out my full waiver wire column over on the score Monday night. I'll have the early edition of the Week 10 rankings up on Tuesday night. And then Wednesday, I'll be back with a guest. But until then, big thanks to everybody who's been dropping those ratings and reviews over on their podcast apps. Appreciate everybody who's been posting five-star ratings and or throwing a review in there. Really, really thank you for that. And as always, big thanks to everybody for listening. And we will see you next time. Said leave on time, my baby said leave on time. Leave on time with me.